Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio and on vMix Caller from Hawaii. We have a new friend and someone very interesting to interview. We have Tara. Coyote. I hope I said her last name the right way. And that is the founder of Windhorse Sanctuary, and she's also an author. Tara, welcome to the show. Lovely to have you with us. You've already made me want to be in Hawaii. <laughs> Looks beautiful. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, a little of me, so my name as you said, I just came out with a book called Grace, Grit, and Gratitude. Um, I was trained by Linda Kohonoff, who wrote the bestseller, The Down. She has a wonderful organization called Epona Quest. I ran a horse retreat center called Windhorse Sanctuary in Northern California for about five years or so. At that point, there was a lot of people that came through and they would do workshops with me and I did brief rituals with horses and private sessions. It was a beautiful, beautiful life. During that time, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. It's been almost five years now. Um, And I chose to treat it naturally, which I did quite successfully for two and a half years until a very stressful incident occurred in my life. And I was forced to sell my beautiful ranch and retreat center that I worked so hard to create. Because of the stress, the cancer spread throughout my body. It was in my lungs, my liver, my spine, and my adrenal glands. Uh, I decided to move home to Kauai, Hawaii, which is where I live now, which is where my father's side of the family is from. And when I moved back home to Kauai, Hawaii, which is about two and a half years ago, I was recommended to hospice. I was dying. I had so much cancer in my lungs. I couldn't have a conversation. I could not lay down to sleep at night. I was walking with a cane because my left hip was breaking. Oh my goodness. I was terrified. Yeah, it was, it was quite extreme. I was terrified of doing chemotherapy because a year before I was diagnosed, my best friend of 19 years had died from leukemia and I was one of her main caretakers for 22 months during her health journey. It was very beautiful and very traumatic. And so when I was referred to hospice, I was given a chance of, okay, are you going to face your fear of chemotherapy, which is what I was absolutely terrified of, or are you going to die? And so I decided I really wanted to live, and I proceeded to do nine months of chemotherapy, and I still did a lot of natural treatments. They call it complementary treatments, where I'm combining natural treatments with allopathic or conventional modes of treatment. So I did nine months of chemotherapy. Um, During that time, I almost died. I had to have emergency double hip surgery because my left hip broke because of bone metastasis. I finished treatment in February of 2020 and um, I am doing great. The tumors continue to shrink throughout my body. I'm getting clear scans. My blood is clear. Wow. And I am just so grateful to be 
be alive. I live here in Kauai in an off-the-grid yurt on three and a half acres with two of my horses that roam freely. Oh. And I share this story on my book. So that's my story in a nutshell. I, I read about your close friend and her passing and how you celebrated her life and um, put flowers on her body and just I was just really touched by that and it really um, shed a couple of tears you know I thought wow what an amazing friend you were to her that you were by her side through all that difficult time the leukemia and everything being with her uh, through the end so, so that was a, a pretty impressive story and certainly my prayers and thoughts go to you in losing your best friend I can't uh, can't imagine that so having read a little bit about your journey going from being successful in Pilates and having your own studio and living in the suburbs and being married to going to follow your heart's calling and actually work with healing people through horses was uh, quite an interest to me as a lifelong horse lover and um, I really enjoyed looking at your photographs of you with your horses. Talk a little bit first of all about Linda Kohanov and as a mentor what you kind of learned from her to get you going in this direction. Sure, I'm happy to share. Yeah, so I was in a very bad state of mind due to a very stressful incident that occurred in my life that I share in my book and um, I, from the outside, it looked like I had the perfect life, a beautiful husband and my child and my step lovely business and how to the stressful incident reached a point of total depression. I lost my will to live and I, I was at such a bad point. I was like, okay, I need some outside help. What is going on? What do I need to do here to give myself back my spark life? And I felt this intuitive sense to spend time with the horses again, which at that point I was a horse crazy young girl and I had forgotten all about horses when I was 16 because I got more interested in boys, as many young girls do. And I had read Linda's book about a year before this happened and I remembered her book and how powerful it was. And I thought, okay, well, I need to find my way through this dark place. I will spend time horses. So I found a therapist who worked with horses and through that process I slowly started to come out of my depression. Um, I ended up doing a workshop with Linda in Arizona and I was inspired to change my life, sell my Pilates business and buy a horse and then eventually sell my house and buy a retreat center and start doing the powerful work that transformed my life others. So it was a very powerful experience. And I'm so yes. glad I did it. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the human horse bond for healing, grief, loss, difficult life transitions, and facilitating help for caretakers, and how horses are so powerful for that. I know as a lifelong horse owner and lover, but maybe for our listeners, some are horse owners and horse people, some know very little. So can you share a little bit about how healing a horse really is? Sure. Um, this is a question I get asked a lot and it's a little hard to describe, but what I attribute it to is the fact that horses have such large hearts. If you've heard of, there's an institute called the Heart Math Institute. It's in Santa Cruz, California, and it talks about how our hearts have a powerful resonance. And um, it, it starts going into a bit of woo-woo-ness here, but if you stick with me here, we humans, we're so caught up in our brains and what we think, and a lot of our realities, we've forgotten to tune into our instincts, our guts, as it were, and our hearts. And so horses has these incredibly large hearts that I believe, and it's 
been proven in a sense that they are very calming to be around. And so I would witness my clients who would come to do work with me, whether it be a workshop or a grief ritual, they would have immediately a calming sensation of tuning into their body, going out of their minds and in a very healthy way and dropping into the emotions and the sensations in their body that they had bypassed before. So I believe horses are so incredibly calming and healing because of this. So again, it's hard to put in words, but those of us who love horses experience it on a daily basis as we're so fortunate to be around them. That is so true. Tara, I'm going to ask you to hold on just for a minute. We're going to go to a commercial break. We're going to come right back with Tara in just a few minutes. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. of the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio. We have a very special guest joining us, Tara Coyote, and she is in Hawaii and has been sharing a little bit of some of the challenges that she faced with losing her best friend. Um, I know she also lost a a best dog, which um, for those of us that love animals know that loss of four-legged is family and very difficult and challenging. Going through some transitions in her life and uh, stage three cancer, making that decision to have chemotherapy, uh, deciding to live and um, on her way actually to hospice at that point 
and she made this turnaround. And as we get to see now, as she joins us, she looks very healthy, which is uh, wonderful. But being with horses, for those of us who know and love horses, or even for those listening who are trying to learn about horses, they are so therapeutic. I can speak directly from my heart when I say, uh, I've often said when I'm out on the trail riding, that that's some of the best calm, quiet, peaceful therapy that you can have. Or just standing in the field, hugging your horse. It's a, a tranquil place to be. So we're going to bring Tara back on now and let her share a little bit more about why horses are so perfect for what she does. Tara, welcome back. I'm speaking to you from Hawaii. Since we've been talking, I've I feel a business trip might be necessary to check out what you're doing. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, I have to admit. Um, you're an author. You have a book and founder of Windhorse Sanctuary. We've been talking a little bit about how amazing horses are. Tell us a little bit about grace, grit and gratitude. Sure, I would be happy to. Um... So when the pandemic hit, I live on Kauai, it's one of the most isolated areas in the world. Um, we were like the rest of the world in lockdown. And at that point, I just finished treatment and I was planning to make a documentary about stage four cancer thrivers. And due to the state of the world and the shutdown, I obviously could not do a documentary because nobody could travel, so and so on. And so I decided to take all this energy I had and transform six years of writing after my best friend's death into a book, which is right here, very exciting, just published recently. So it's basically a compilation of six years of writing since my best friend's death. I ended up writing about my experience because it was so hard to process the grief and through the process of writing, I just kept writing and just kept writing. When I was diagnosed with stage three cancer, I kept writing. I was blogging and sharing on social media. And when the pandemic hit, I took all that writing and it took about 15 months to put it into a book, which has just been birthed. It's very exciting. So it's basically telling the tale of the last 10 years of my life from when that stressful incident happened when I was a Pilates instructor and I first came to be with the horses and just everything that's unfolded in a profound and powerful way. That's it in a nutshell. Incredible. How do we get the book? I understand one is on its way for us, which I'm very excited to uh, receive, but how would other people purchase the book? It's on Amazon, so you could just put in my name, Tara Coyote, or Grace Grit and Gratitude. It's a bestseller now, which is very exciting, so it should be very easy to find. That's wonderful. Probably around in your local bookstores as well. Uh, if you have like a Barnes & Noble, I'm sure it's probably available in most stores, especially if it's a bestseller. Congratulations, Tara. That's amazing. Do you think the reason that it's a bestseller is because it touches people so much in all those places that um, so many of us struggle with and how difficult grief is to handle, whether it's the loss of a very close family member, a friend, or even one of your four-legged family? And I consider everything I have four-legged to be my family. So, um, oh, and beautiful dog, yes. Um, love to see people have great relationships with their animals. It's uh, heart touching. Yes, I, I think the fact that it has been so successful is because we are going through a bridging time right now in society. And part of my mission to get my book out is so people can understand a couple things that cancer can be a transformational experience. I'm not saying it's easy by any means, but it can be a powerful way to, to do some healing, deep healing. And then also that horses are a powerful healing force. But then also too, all of us are going through challenges on one way or the other right now. And that 
every challenge can be a growth opportunity. I know it sounds cliche, but we all need to hold on to a bit of hope. And if we can turn around these incidents that really push us to our core, we can see, okay, well, maybe this is here for my growth and not to fight it so much. So. You know, it's interesting you say that. I read a daily devotional, and in my daily devotionals recently, I have found a lot of messages about being broken is okay, and being a masterpiece when you put the pieces back together, and the growth that you go through when you go through very difficult times. And I think that's there's a lot to be said for that. Because I think it's in those difficult times when we have to pull ourselves together and work on ourselves that sometimes we can find some missing pieces. And I think that that happens a lot, especially in grief. I've just, as I said, recently gone through a very difficult loss for me. And I can, I can definitely understand it. Interesting that Tina reached out to me to have you on the show at a time like this because I can definitely relate. Yeah, there's a quote from a book called The Wild Edge of Sorrow, which is my favorite grief book by Francis Weller. I'll try to say it correctly, but we are most alive. Oh, I can't think of it completely, but it's basically we're most alive when we experience a difficult experience because it just shocks us back into life again. That's so, true. It right. absolutely it is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And horses can be the very best therapy. I'm going to read a quote by Tara. There is a timelessness about being with the horses that is so soothing to the soul. I can be wrapped up in my mind, worries and stress, and spending time with them brings me back to that magical state of being in the moment. I can feel my feet on the earth, centered and in a state of balance, with these blessed creatures. To be brought back into the moment time and time again is the gift of the highest kind. And in reading that, just touched me that it's so true because as a child growing up with ponies and horses, that was my escape. And in difficult times in my life, that's always been my escape. And my horse who recently passed away, we probably rode 20,000 miles together in 30 years and I have to say those times when he and I were just one out in the middle of the wilderness were some of the most peaceful times of my life. I'm glad you got to experience that I'm sorry you're going through a lot. So once in a lifetime absolutely uh, it really is. Tara I want to thank you is there any last thing that you'd like to add for our listeners other than get the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'd say it's a very interesting place to be in with publishing my book and speaking up, you know, about how horses are incredibly healing. So I guess I would just advocate, and this is some of Linda's message too, to, to listen to the horse. You know, there's a lot they have to teach us, as you've been saying, that, um, yeah, what a profound powerful experience it is to be with them. And it really is. To tune into them in a new way if somebody's open to that. It is indeed. Tara Coyote, thank you so much for being with us from Hawaii. We just had her websites up on the screen so you can find more about her. Windhorsesanctuary.com and cancerwarriors.com so you can learn more about her. You can get the book locally or on Amazon. Bestseller and I think it'll definitely be worth reading Grace, Grit, and Gratitude. And I'm certainly gratified to have had Tara on the phone here from Hawaii on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, Plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors, and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville.
This show was brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at (laughs) SeminoleFeed.com. the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our TV broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio in the horse capital of the world here at the CEP. And joining me, I have a very special guest I've met recently and read her story, polo player Ava Hinkson. Ava, thank you for being with Absolutely us. Absolutely, no, it's a pleasure. Awesome. Uh, so this young lady has a great story. She's just a high schooler going into her final year of high school and um, playing polo with the boys. Uh, Ava, share with us a little bit your story. Like, how did you get started riding? How did you get into polo? Kind of give us the, the bio. Yeah, so I started riding um, with my mom. She was a three-day eventer, and I really just fell in love with the horses and you know jumping and I really love cross country going fast. I know, me too. I love that as well. <laughs> um, so I stuck with that. Um, I really got my base in riding in that and then I was about uh, 12 or 13 when I rode with my dad um, who was a polo player and played polo for 40 years and he was roughing just like a little four goal match and um, he was like oh come out here you know just ride around with me. So I started riding, and I just, there was something about just being on the field and the click of the ball and the running of the horses, and I just really fell in love with the sport. Um, and I just decided that this is what I want to do, this is for me, and I just really fell in love with it. And then, um, you know, he took me down south, and I started. You went to what, Wellington? Yeah, Wellington, Wellington, sorry. And um, took lessons with Joey Casey and he really taught me the base of my swing and you know just kind of the basis of polo and positioning and all that um, and then from there my mom got me involved with some of the youth polo and some of the women's polo and it just kind of took off from there and I just have you know just found kind of my rhythm in a way you know um, I've been invited and have traveled internationally in polo and it's something that I love to do um, meeting so people. when you were so you were 12 and you you just recently got like an eventing horse because that's what you thought you were going to do. And then like six months later, you really discover that polo is your passion. Mm-hmm. Coming in like at 12 years of age as a girl, mm-hmm. were you like one of the only girls? And was it kind of hard to get accepted right away? Or as a kid, was it kind of like non-threatening to everybody else? So no big deal. Um, well, I was the only girl, definitely. Oh, you were the only girl? Um, up in the Ocala area. Um, besides, you know, there was a couple other women playing, but really the only young girl. Um, but I was kind of lucky because a lot of the people that I knew had known me since I was a toddler and stuff. So they were like, you know, they were really great because they would pass me the ball and they were really helpful. Um, so I guess when you're right, kind of like non-threatening, but, uh, it definitely changed as I got more competitive. <laughs> as you got better and better, they were like, oh, we're not helping her anymore. I, I started getting the ball less and less and less. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, um was the only girl out there but you know I had a I had a great experience definitely you know my starting was was really great it was wonderful mm-hmm. and having your dad support you and your parents support you how did they feel about you kind of deciding that you probably weren't going to be doing eventing that you really wanted polo and to be your 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 passion and move into that how did your parents feel about that were they very supportive and like yeah okay let's do this um well, my mom was kind of bummed at first because she was like one of the eventing and she was cheering for the eventing but um of course, my dad just bought the horse, so he was, like, couldn't aside six months earlier. Come on. But um, he was really, you know, really embraced it. And 
uh, both my parents were super, super supportive of it, and, you know, they still support me in everything I do and are constantly, like, you know, giving me new opportunities, so absolutely, they're so great. That's amazing. So as you progressed on in polo, and, and I've got uh, loads and loads of, like, stories here <laughs> on, on, on um, Ava, you can, you can read all of these, but um, you, you've really kind of grown and advanced and got a real name for yourself in the polo world. You're 17 years mm -hmm. of age. Um, you're balancing school and, and being a polo player. And uh, I assume you're getting good grades uh, and, and still in school, <laughs> right? And, and looking to go, uh, I think you're already dual enrolled, right, yep. with college. So you're looking to go on um, with college and I think do like finance or something, <laughs> um, which just stresses me out to even think of that. But, um, but as you kind of progressed on, did you feel more and more like um, you, that it was going to be difficult to be a woman in the sport? Um, in a way, a little bit, um, you know, especially in the youth tournaments or even with some of the, the guys playing, you do kind of get that like, oh, let's knock her around a little bit and shake her up so she shouldn't mess, mess with us. And so you kind of do have to kind of, you know, toughen yourself and hit him back just as hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is that, oh, you're the only girl on the field. You know, you kind of have to make a statement for yourself where, you know, I'm here, I'm a player too, I'm not going to back off. So you do have to kind of set that tone. But, you know, once you kind of pose a lot about respect and there is that hierarchy there. So once you kind of get that respect and you earn it, you know, it is kind of always there, you know, so it's nice, you know, but you do have to set that boundary of I'm here, I'm going to play, you know, don't count me out kind of thing. So now as you um, as you're playing, uh, you need a lot of horses. Um, so <laughs> so one of the things that uh, having never played polo myself, except on a stick horse, um, I I've watched a lot of polo, obviously, growing up in England and had a lot of friends who played polo, know a lot of the same people you do. But I was surprised, actually, I think it was David Manuel who first told me that, you know, you have to have like six or eight horses for a game. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, I kind of thought eventing was, was cool because even though you only have to have one horse, you have to have like three outfits and, you know, <laughs> different tack and all this. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's a big deal. Eventers have like a lot more to do. Mm -hmm. But then I think, oh, my gosh. A polo player needs to look after like a lot of horses and have a string of horses ready, fit, trained. How difficult is that? That's got to be a big challenge. Uh, it's it, it's a handful. Um, uh, I my dad kind of has me take care of my own horses, um, so definitely keeps me busy. <laughs> um, but you know I love it, and I can say that I know my horses better than anyone else. And you know that was. Your crown. That's one of the reasons I love polo. You get more ponies. Yeah, more ponies. Yeah, you get more ponies. Oh, you are trouble. I love it. So you have to have all these horses. And you have to ride all these horses and train all these horses. Mm. Do you ride them all every day? Six days a week. Six days a week. How many do you ride? horses. Six days a week. Uh, three sets. Two of five horses. You ride one. You pony. Two on each side, and then I'll single two. Just get on one single and so yeah and then of course we have you know game day which is usually here in the villages three days a week so they get practice and then played and then we'll have a day a week where they just get walked in between games if it's a rough day so and then we have stick and ball and you know through the season as it progresses you kind of change your schedule to what each horse needs so if you have one that you know maybe needs a little bit more one-on-one -on -one time you, you put a little bit more one more one 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 on one time with that one but um a lot of them a lot of my horses, thank God, they're pretty easy. You know, you pony them, they're good. They're so obviously easy. it helps if you have a lot of sponsors. Do polo players get sponsors? Some do. I don't. <laughs> but you'd like? Oh, I would love it. Um, that would help because it has to be very expensive to maintain that many horses and have them in that yeah. kind of physical shape and then transport them to events. Yeah. You must have a big horse trailer. Yes. Um, I, I, my mind actually just can't wrap around because I can remember when my daughter was younger and we used to go to horse shows and we just took one or two horses and a one or two horse trailer and, you know, wow. So I think about, like, how much tack do you have to take and this has to be a big It's It's definitely, we have deal. a system. Yes. <laughs> we have a system and you don't break the system. So, um, you know, each horse has their own saddle, their own bridle, their own girth, they have their own tack. 
that's another big expense. Um, so you don't just have the horses well trained; you've got mum and dad well trained too. Yeah, mum and dad. There's the a groom. system. Yeah, a very. That is one thing that, like, I, you know, I'm very meticulous in how I like my things. So, like, even when you have a groom, I'm like, I want them done a certain way, and I'm standing over them, making sure, you know. Wow, very so, professional. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> impressed. Gigi just gave us the one minute sign, so we are going to take our break, and we are going to come back in the second half of the show with Ava Hinkson, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of her mentors and some of her experience and her travels overseas internationally. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back. Equestrians, it's time to take care of yourself as well as you do your horse. So get down to Pulse Center of Ocala. The PEMF wave is safe and it's a therapy that charges your cells and allows them to function at their fullest capacity so you heal much faster. Check them out at pulsecenterfl.com now and tell them you heard about it on the Horse Talk Show for a free demo. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa you're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right, yes! <laughs> yeah, baby! <laughs> Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. In the studio, we have Ava Hinkson here, a polo player, a young lady very successful in uh, in polo and doing well in school and certainly an example to many other young people a lot of work ethic here riding all these horses and poking all these horses especially in like 100 degree weather it's got to be hard on you right <laughs> yeah. some days talk to us a little bit about your experience with um sunny hale um very sadly i think she passed away in 2017 mm -hmm. um from cancer which uh, very upsetting i know she was a great friend to your family and a mentor to you yeah. but talk a little bit about meeting her for the first time and how she helped you and how she kind of brought you along in in your polo career yeah so um sunny god where do you start you know she was just one she of those amazing, people right um one of the, I remember when I first met her, it was kind of like, you kind of like pinch yourself because it's like, oh my God, you know, she was the best pole player in the world for women. And it was like, can't believe I'm meeting her. You know, 13 year old me was like, can you be autographed? <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, I just remember, you know, she would just introduce herself and just talk to you and especially the young players. It was just only you existed and there would be other people like trying to, you know, get her attention and talk to her and she was like, just took time for you and she was just one of the most incredible people and she was always there to to give you the best advice I knew I could always go to her um, if I had issues or if I needed help with something um, she was just one of those people that she was always there for you and I remember she would she put me in a, in a one of my first women's tournaments and it was like a 12 goal or something I shouldn't have been in it at the time because I just started playing polo but she was like it's okay I just need you to ride and I ended up getting out there and I like made two girls because the girls out there playing were so sweet and they kind of let me have the ball a little bit <laughs> I loved it but um she was so encouraging and she was like you know she really stressed that you have to push yourself and you have to be uncomfortable but you know it all pays off and she was just one of those people that it was so much fun to be around. You just wanted to be around her. So she just inspired you and, and she was she was somebody who even though she was like super famous and, and Ray looked up to her, she had enough time 
for you and to focus on you and yeah. give you her attention. So that was a, a really big part of your learning curve mm -hmm. and an example mm -hmm. um, set as well for, for your future, for not giving up, right? Yeah, and, yeah and definitely. Going on. Um, any other mentors or, or anybody else who's really kind of brought you along? I know you've mentioned Paige Boone a few times mm -hmm. um, down there at the Villages Polar Club and, and how much she's kind of helped you along as well. Mm -hmm. um, is there anybody else that's kind of really been special in your coming along in polo? Um, definitely. Um, Jennifer McCleavy, who is the head now of the Polo Training Foundation, has, we call her, I call her my polo mom. She's the best. Um, she's um, a lot like Sunny, where I can go up to her, she gives the best advice. Um, but, you know, she really helps me with, like, you know, if I'm stuck somewhere, whether it's, you know, something that I don't know how to deal with, you know, on the polo field or something I don't know how to deal with in life. I can always call her and she's so supportive and she's always helping me like with, I'm on the junior board so she's always giving me advice on how to run things and she's just helped me grow so much and helped me realize that I have so many opportunities and what I can do with them. So she's really important in my life, definitely. That's awesome. And you're on the junior board now and that's recent, right? Yeah, yeah yes. and the, I just got elected the chairman, which is very exciting. <laughs> yes, congratulations. So what does that actually mean now for you being on that board? Are you gonna have a say in some things? Yeah, so we, um, a lot of the junior board are working on like basically kind of expanding our reach and setting up some new kind of clinics and we're just trying to get, there's so many young players that have so much potential, but they, they need help getting where they need to be. You know, whether that's meeting the coaches for college or meeting just people that could help them in polo. So we're really trying to, you know, kind of expand the reach of the Polo Training Foundation and get to these kids that could really use our help. So. And you can go to colleges and play polo. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely, yes. absolutely. There are lots of scholarships, um, lots of colleges, and, you know, it's a good sport to play. Yes, polo. it is. And you get to have polo ponies. Right. How can you go wrong? Horses <laughs> yeah, and college. You and... get to have more more ponies. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, as long as you've got really good parents, right, and good sponsors, <laughs> then you're, you're yep. good. And, mm -hmm. and scholarships, so that's Definitely. wonderful. Mm -hmm. So as you go on to college and possibly take horses with you you mm -hmm. may be actually competing and going to college with your horses there in the yep yeah. <laughs> I know it's exciting it's um... now, one of the things I find kind of interesting about about polo is you play against people that are much more experienced mm -hmm. than you right you play against professionals so that's kind of an unusual thing in sports to have mm -hmm. amateurs playing against people who've been playing for a lot longer right yeah it's it's a very cool mix to have amateurs out there with pros um, I think it's one of the reasons that polo is so diverse and that you, know, you can have a 10-goaler and a negative one who just started last week on the same team, you know, as long as, depending on the tournament, but it's so neat to go out there with people that are so experienced and you get to hear what they have to say about you or your play or, you know, it's just so great to go out with these people that are like, hey, I know, I know what you're dealing with, I've been there before, this is how you get over it, you know, and it's so great to, to be meeting those people that are they're so accomplished in the sport and they're just you watch them on the field and it's just incredible so it's incredible to witness it when they're on your team or even if you're playing against them so yeah and, and now sometimes people are asking you for your autograph right yeah <laughs> it's kind of it's definitely something that you kind of pinch yourself and it's like oh my god you have to enjoy it you know has another girl as young as you accomplished as much as you in polo oh yeah definitely i think um I think it's it's different. Um, you know, you have Hope Relio, who is Arjana, who is just incredible. You know, she's seven goals now in, in women's and just a killer polo player on the field. She's such a cool girl. And uh, so there are other girls in polo, but everyone kind of has their own course they're taking in a way. So they, you know, they have their kind of lane that they're running in, which is nice. And your lane? My lane is, um, right now it's the PTF, and I PTF. just, PT, Polo Training Foundation, and um, I just kind of go with the flow and try to find opportunities and, you know, just kind of stay in my lane and see what the future brings, you know. And do you see there's things that you'd like to see change yourself in polo? Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of change, whether it's good or bad, it's hard to tell, but everyone has their own opinion, so you have a lot of different opinions in polo, but... There's a lot of really cool changes that are coming, and um, 
you know, it's hard, it's hard to say where the future in polo is going, but I think it's going to be interesting to see where it's going. I think the hobby horse equestrian games polo is, <laughs> is, a, is a great future because mm -hmm. what, what I got to witness, you know, a couple of weeks ago at the Florida Horse Park, and Gigi and I were there, um, you know, for the show, and, and we were sponsors, you know, so we kind of gave our, our, our day to help mm -hmm. raise this money to get this girl um, to the Paralympics, who, by the way, is, is on is. <laughs> on her way there which is fantastic but we actually got to see people who'd never played polo before or some people who'd never even watched a polo match mm -hmm. get out there on a hobby horse with a you know with 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 the mallet and and learn mm -hmm. and it was a non um scary non-threatening fun environment to go out there and try and learn a game that they weren't familiar with and I thought this is a great way to introduce equestrian sports to people who might feel maybe a little bit intimidated about being on a horse with a, mm -hmm. with a club yes yeah <laughs> I mean a yeah it's a weapon you know so you're out there you're on a horse and you you know it can be scary mm -hmm. and so to have that opportunity you know is I think is another great way to start young people because there were young people out there actually trying to hit the ball you know just to learn David was just showing them how to hit the ball and seeing who could hit the furthest you know and it was great and then get on the hobby horse and have a game and I thought god this is a great it's given me all kinds of ideas about equestrian sport <laughs> when we come back um, Ava's going to tell us her Snickers story and no that is not a candy bar although right now that sounds good um, but she's going to tell us a little bit about the Thoroughbred Expo and uh, some of her experience with that pretty uh, pretty awesome stuff so stay with us on the Horse Talk Show we'll be right back in just a few minutes thank you to our presenting sponsor Palm Chevrolet and our broadcast and television sponsor Larson Hay and also to our supporting sponsors Equisafe Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best. But we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever, with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our TV broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton, in the studio with top polo player Ava Hinkson, and we have been talking about her career and kind of how she started 12 years old and uh, following in her dad's footsteps who's been playing polo for 40 years and uh, jumped the whole eventing boat and uh, got right into this and is out there sometimes the only girl on the field against the guys I think that's pretty cool <laughs> Ava it's lovely to have you here tell us your Snickers story I, I love your Snickers God. story um, <laughs> and the thoroughbred the Florida thoroughbred transformation expo yeah so um when I first started playing, the first year I was playing, I was invited to come down to Wellington and play. And at the time, I didn't really have any horses. I had one little bee you didn't. Horse. You didn't have any horses. You got, like, how many horses? <laughs> I had one horse owner. I had, um, I had bee who was awesome. But, you know, it was four chapters, and I needed another, at least one more horse. So my dad's friend um, had, was like, oh, I have a horse. Just come down and ride it. And the horse's name was Snickers. And I fell in love with Snickers. Snickers has a real name, though, right? That, uh, no, that is her oh, name. Oh, that is the name, Snickers. Snickies or Snickers. And um, fell in love with the horse. We went back home. And, like, for the next year and a half, that's all I talked about. Snickers. If I could only have Snickers. You know, if I could make this play, if I had Snickers. And then, um, God, it was, I, it, was, it was Christmas Eve, and my dad went down there and talked to the guy and was like, 
God, do you have that horse Snickers? You remember my daughter loves that horse. He was like, oh yeah, I have that horse because originally the horse was supposed to be sold. And he was like, yeah, I have the horse back. I need to get rid of it. Um, I, you know, if you want it, she's here. And I was like, oh, no way. So he went Christmas Eve, picked the horse up, and I walk up what Christmas a good morning, dad. and there was a horse, and I didn't realize it was Snickers. So I was like, oh, it's a horse. And my dad's like, it's Snickers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and she, I mean. What a great one of the dad. Best yeah, there she is. She's beautiful. Aww. She knows it. She's a puppy dog. She is lovely. She yeah. has got the kindest eye and the most beautiful face. She oh. is just. And how old dog. is she? She is just turned 13 this month. So She has a beautiful face. She is stunning. She is so sweet. And she is a? She is a thoroughbred. She's a thoroughbred. Yeah, off the track thoroughbred. And um, she's just got this incredible personality off the field. And then you get on the field and she's like, oh, I'm out here. I'm going to, you know, we're going to win. And she's just got this great personality off the field too. Um, but she's just everything you could want. You know, you get off the field, love on her, but you get on the field and she's fast. And she's game on. She's game on. She's fast. Um, she's handy. And she And just, how long have you had her? I've had her for four years now. Wow. Yeah. So you've got a really great bond. Yeah. We swim in the lake together. That's. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So she loves it. So tell us about the Transformation Expo. So the Transformation Expo is a lot of fun. So you had all these... That's Laureen, right? Laureen yeah. Lockhart, yeah. Yeah, so Wonderful. we took, so um, a lot of full people, we use a lot of off-the-track thoroughbreds. Cause they're I love we OTTBs. Use, I yeah. am a huge fan of off-the-track mm -hmm. thoroughbreds. They're so versatile. Oh, my God. I've watched them do barrels at the Transformation Expo. I've seen them do everything. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're amazing. incredible horses, and they have everything we want in, in polo. You know, 90% of the horses we use are thoroughbreds, so... A lot of people use off-the-track thoroughbreds, so it was really kind of, the competition was fierce, I would say. Um, you had pros out there, and you had amateurs, and um, she won it. She was just so great, uh, but it's, it's a really fun expo to be a part of. You know, there's so many great horses and so many great horsemen that are out there, so it's a really great expo. So, so she was in it. She was in it. She won, and then um, she was just perfect. You know, you can't ask for much more than that. So you seriously, this is a, a horse you're going to keep, and it's oh, going to be around, and it's going to win a lot I'm going for you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about going to going to Africa and that opportunity, because when you and your mom were sharing that story with me the other day, I said, "Wow, I, I would love to go with you next time." The elephants it sounded so cool. Uh, oh, there they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how, how did you get invited to Africa and, and, and what an experience. So Africa, God, it was such a roller coaster, but um, I got invited. It was kind of through a friend, through a friend, um, through Leslie Ann Masterson, who's a close family friend. And she was like, oh, because we were talking about Africa on trip. That's yeah, amazing. That was right above us. It was literally right above the jeep. <laughs> I was like, are we a little close, guys? <laughs> So Leslie, we were talking about Africa, and I was like, oh my God, I'd love to go. You know, we were talking about different countries, and she's like, I know someone in Africa, let me get you hooked up. So we talked to Gavin Robinson, who was the uh, president of the club, of the, like, Polo Association over there, and he was great, and we had such a great time kind of organizing it, and, um, you know, we went, it took about a year and a half to organize, so it was, it was a big trip, but, um, you know, we got there. Polo was absolutely Off incredible. the charts. Oh, my God. The, some of the best polo I've ever played. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, they just play fast and flat out, and it was so much fun. Um, none of the Americans were in shape. No. So like that third day, we're like KT tape, ibuprofen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because the first time my parents ever watched polo here, they were like, why are they going so slow? It's almost a different when you go to these other countries and play but Africa I mean you know it was a little rough and tumble and it was so much fun and we all just had such a great time and then after the tournament they sent us on a safari down in the Royal Zambezi um, and that was just you just you got the true African experience I mean you go out in the morning and you go tiger fishing and then you come in have lunch and then they take you out on a safari and we saw a pangolin like, we saw, like, five or six leopards while we were there. Um, tons and tons of elephants. 
I mean, baboons, it was just so cool. And you know, the guys, the tour guides were the best because they would, I mean, we saw a lion there and literally it was like from me to you, but it was on the ground and we were in the Jeep and I'm like, we're a little close. And you know, they don't have guns or at least you can't see the guns. So I was like, mm, can we back this up a little bit? I like being close, but I'm like, you could touch that thing. Here's this brave polo player. <laughs> <laughs> scared yeah. of the lion. Scared of the lion. <laughs> I don't blame you. I guess that they know what they're doing, I'm sure, but I can I can understand how that's you know a little yeah. The very... the lion's probably one of those like you know, put there for the for the tour, you know, yeah. they, it, you probably don't even know it, but they put it there. You know, I always said that when when we were in England and we went and we rented horses because, you know, I'd been away from horses for a week and I was like, we're going to go and rent horses and ride up these, these uh, Exmoor, you know. So we're out, we're cantering up the hill on these horses on, in Exmoor and it's so beautiful and there's wild ponies on Exmoor and all of a sudden, right as we get to the crest of the hill, these wild ponies come running oh out and run beside us, you know, and it's like this amazing experience. I'm like, wow, that was amazing timing, the crest of the hill and everything. And now I'm thinking if I look down the hill, it was probably a horse trailer and they let them go, you know. Yeah. It's all part of the experience. Yeah. But, you know, you think about that, you're like, how's the lion right there? And they're not worried, you know. Maybe no, it was, it was really cool because um, Zambia, the park, you, I mean, when we would go out for the evening safari, you'd only see one or two other Jeeps. And um, the animals are really used to the hum of the vans. So like we watched a leopard stalk an antelope. Like it was in the riverbed, dried riverbed. And we just, uh, I think it was my mom just happened to see like its tail or something. And she was like, I think there's something in there. And the guides were like, you know, they, they had to go to like the other side of the ditch. And like, you know, we were like holding on and they're just going through. But um, you would, you know, you just see like some of the coolest things. And it's just because the animals are so used to the hum of the Jeeps, you know, and incredible experience just to get so close to wild animals and for them to just like see and be like okay just and just keep going about their business and how were they in africa about a girl playing polo was that a um they had quite a few girls playing and all the girls were you know they were pretty they were they pretty were good. good yeah they were like getting in there too so um i had a good time we all got along really well um so it was a lot of fun you definitely had a lot of girls playing but um yeah, there was just a lot of really good players there. It was so much That's fun. That's amazing. we got to go to break. Time flies when you're having a good time. Great stories. We'll be back for the last segment of the Horse Talk Show in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the last segment of the Horse Talk Show for this week, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Button. I have a top polo player here, <laughs> young lady Ava Hinkson. Uh, great chatting to her, learning all about the kind of journey she's gone from about 12 years of age now for, what, about five years mm -hmm. um, that you've been playing polo. What have you seen changes in yourself in the game over the course of the last five years? What improvements have you seen? Obviously, you've had some amazing mentors, including your own father and, mm -hmm. and Sonny Hale, a number of other people. But how have you kind of seen yourself improving? Um, definitely just getting wiser in the game, just being able to anticipate things and, you know, okay, that player's got the ball and the goal's over here, so I need to place myself here. And kind of just getting the common sense on the field, you know, kind of getting that reaction time and just being able to kind of tell when 
what a player is going to do or, you know, okay, this player is consistent with this but not with this. So it's really just a lot of experience you gain and just kind of the things that you just kind of learn along the way. A lot of that. And for people who don't know a lot about polo, so you're on one horse, um, say you're on your first horse for mm -hmm. that game. At what point do you decide that that horse now needs to... To switch. To switch. Is that a decision you make or is there a certain point in the game? Um, and is that a judgment call for you? It's. It depends. Sometimes we have set like um, where we we have a, you have an all change. So if one person decides uh, at a foul says, "Oh, I'm going to change," the ref might blow the whistle and say, "All change." You, know, you have the app option to go and switch horses if you need to mid chucker. Um, but most of the time, I would say you kind of have to have that decision where you're kind of guessing. Okay, this is a three minute mark, and you know this horse is tired, and I need to switch. So. You kind of, it's a lot with timing and being able to tell when your horse has had enough because you just don't want to push them. You right. know? And you know your horse is best, mm -hmm. so you know when they start to feel tired. Mm -hmm. Do you have some in, so let's say you take six or seven horses to, to a polo match, do you have some that you prefer to play first in the game because they're better or maybe they're not as good and you want to keep the, the best ones to the end? How does that work? Is so a, I used to play... <laughs> Yeah, so I used I used to have the theory. Of, okay, I'll play my 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 least favorite horses first, and like about six months of that, I realized oh, okay, this is not working because I was getting really bad starts. <laughs> um, so I play one of my my like favorite horses, Poncho. He's usually my first horse, um, and he's gelding my, one of my only geldings. And so I get a really a horse that I'm really comfortable on, and I know what I can do on them. So I'll get one of them, and then like. Mid, mid of the, middle of the game, so like second or third chucker, I'll throw in one that's... I mean, all of my horses are really good. I don't really have that issue, but um, if I have one that I'm not sure about, I'll throw that in mid-game, mid so I'm, I'm already hot, but it's not like the end of the game, so I still have time to make up if we do have issues. <laughs> um, but most of the time, I really don't have that, that problem, so... That's good. Yeah. And so what about, like, bucket list for you? Like, what do you want to accomplish? Do you want to attract more young people to the sport? Do you want to attract more women to the sport? Do you just want to attract people in general to it as players, as spectators? And as part of the, the foundation and being on the, the board, being the chairman now, kind of what sort of things would you like to see change in the future? And how do you think people can be kind of brought more back to the game? I know from like going to polo matches in England that I thought they were great fun, but mm -hmm. I'm also horse crazy. So, <laughs> you know, any horse sport to me is like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, but do, do you have some kind of bucket list goals? And what is your kind of your end game um, for, for what you want to accomplish? And with that, uh, also then with that question, if people wanted to sponsor you, say companies want to come mm -hmm. on and sponsor you either with product or financially, what kind of could you bring to the table for, obviously you're a really good player, um, and being a young lady is a big deal in the game, but what can you kind of bring to those? So bucket list, what can you kind of bring to the game for the, for the sponsors when you kind of achieve those things that you want to achieve? So what I want to see with the sport would be definitely maybe more inclusiveness. You know, um, as I mentioned before, polo can have a hierarchy and sometimes, depending on the club, that hierarchy can be, you know, kind of hard to break through for a lot of young players. So, you know, I'd like to see maybe a little bit more, like, relaxed with that. But I think for me, um, right now, I, I try to really set myself short-term goals and set a lot of them. So I have a, kind of a path that I set for myself. But, you know, I, I really see myself, um, of course, going to college and, and getting a degree. But playing the highest level polo that I can possibly play and going all over the world and t bringing it to as many people as I can. And, you know, I want to make polo more of a, like, common sport because it is such a special sport, and I love that. But, you know, I think it's such a sport that more people would enjoy if they knew about it. So I'd really like to expand kind of the reach of polo and, and who it reaches. I think that's really important. And, and I've been talking to the Ocala Polo Club quite a bit lately because they helped us mm -hmm. with the, the hobby horse games. And... Um, just seeing the, the the knowledge, the young people learning that there is even a polo game, <laughs> little kids playing, you know, mm -hmm. and like, oh, what is this? This is a fun game, yeah. you know? To me, that is what a young lady, someone that's your age, mm -hmm. is just coming, you know, up through high school and, mm -hmm. and can really be an influencer 
on those people because those little kids it's like you said your little kids asking for your autograph and stuff they really look yeah. up to you they're like girls you have up, that pressure you know? like oh my god i can't mess up now <laughs> yeah that's, that, that is that's you've got a lot of people looking up to you and you know just just kind of sharing the all this you know like all this I mean, <laughs> this is a big deal you yeah. know you've got to be like wow look they're they're writing stuff about me you know mm -hmm. there's stories in in here about me and that, that's a big deal yeah no, you know I'm so blessed. so you can be in it you are blessed and you can certainly be an influencer i think mm -hmm. to young people about the sport and educate because the, i've been in ocala for 20 years and i've heard more about polo in the last two than I have since I lived in Ocala. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, I'm seeing kind of an interest in it and it, yeah. it coming back, you know? Definitely. What What are countries of the world that you want to go to? Obviously, England. <laughs> I need a tour. <laughs> I sort of know my way around a bit. Um, well, we're trying to, we were trying to plan to go to Argentina, of course. That's like one of the pole capitals of the world. Right. Um, so you can kick all the Argentinian men. <laughs> Um, no, we'd love to go there. Uh, we just haven't had the chance yet, but I would love to go to like Ecuador, Switzerland, um, maybe Japan. Uh, I'd love to go back to Zambia and Kenya and South Africa. Um, those countries are just incredible. Um, I'd love to tour Europe. I love Europe. I think it's such, I mean, it has such great history. I love history. Um, I'd like to go as many places as I can, honestly, you know. So it's hard to pick, like, oh, where you want to go? It's like, oh, they all have things I oh, like. Yeah, kind of got a long list, you know, right? That's, yeah. We're going to hope we have a pandemic that's over soon so we, Definitely. Can, so we can travel more. Um, so as far as, like, your future career, you're thinking you'll, you'll be doing something maybe in finance or something like that, mm -hmm. but you're always going to have the horses be part of your... Definitely. Definitely trying, like, right now, I'm definitely trying to build myself an empire in a way so I can kind of have... Whether I go into finance or medicine or business or whatever I choose to go into, I have the polo as well because we all know that you know you can't. It's very hard to to have a hobby that doesn't pay for itself when you're going to be that committed to it. So I definitely love to kind of make it kind of a side hustle, like we were talking about. <laughs> You've always got to have a side hustle. <laughs> yeah. So definitely see myself doing that for as long as I can. You know, I see myself doing it for my life. Funny story, embarrassing moment you can share with us. Oh, God, embarrassing moment. Uh, we were in Jamaica and this last year, and we were all riding horses in the ocean. And I decided that it would be really funny if I stood up on my horse. And right as I stood up, horse tripped, and I, like, fell over and fell on someone else's horse and took someone else. <laughs> Um, that's the only one I can think of off the top, but I'm sure I have many more. That would have been worthy of a video <laughs> on the show. Gigi just gave us the one minute, so I'm really impressed. Uh, incredible young lady. Uh, if you're out there and you're interested in sponsoring someone who's definitely going places uh, and you have any kind of equestrian product, she can definitely take you there, probably all around the globe by the sound of it. But for now, whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world or not. Happy horsing around until the same time next week.